You're listening to a Soul Fire Productions podcast. Hello, this is Connor. Wow. <laughs> From the OK Bay podcast. Hello, Kelly. <laughs> Welcome to you the guys, show. Connor is having an existential crisis because I am working the switchboard today and sitting in his spot and he said he's not an ambi turner so he literally doesn't know how to be i never look to the left only look to the only look to the uh to the right and forward to the left to the left yeah babe but we have our bestie amy on today it was very good it's a very good conversation (laughs) you're so stupid I hate professional Connor. <laughs> he literally sucks balls. Don't worry about me. You know who doesn't suck balls? Well, she might. I don't know. Maybe we oh, should Amy. ask her. Amy, on. That was not the topic of this conversation, but maybe next time. Sorry, Aim. Um, this was really cool because we both had Amy on our show. You've had her on a couple times, I think. And yeah. ever since we met her, she's really been on this uh, journey of spiritual awakening in a lot of ways and coming out of the spiritual closet and telling everyone about her obsession with Just crystals and energy. Her, her, her spirit tits everywhere and just flashing them like it's goddamn Mardi Gras up in this bitch. <laughs> just spirit titties flopping around. Oh my God. She's got so many beads, spirit beads. Oh, spirit beads. I'm going to keep this Mardi Gras analogy going. I the really whole like intro. it. But this was a really great conversation because we did have some questions, um, as you guys know, as a part of the Soul Fire Online Retreat series. When you join us live, you get to ask questions. So we did have some questions that both of you, I think, did a beautiful job of answering about dating and about self-awareness and personal responsibility and things like that. But we also got into what's been coming up for her in her spiritual journey and what she has seen as she transitions even her career and her work with her clients into a more holistic approach of the client, not just about dating. Yeah. It was really, really fun. And she's, she's a very well-rounded individual Yeah, and has been doing this shit for a long time. So it's really nice to, to, when someone like has been doing it as long as she has, she is so good at articulating answers and knowing where to go with it. She has this treasure chest of just gems to throw at people like Mardi Gras beads. Told you I was gonna keep it going, but she's fantastic. Yeah, and she has a um, a coven, the Amy Young. Yeah, coven. she's got a fucking following. Like she could start a cult tomorrow, and I'm very jealous. Which I would be first in line for. Let's be serious. I don't know if I would be into it, but I would, I would, I would respect it from afar. Yes, well, we appreciate that. Um, and just so you guys know, as a part of the Soulfire Online Retreat series, we partnered with BetterHelp, which is a company that. Connor and I both really love and support and use ourselves. So we were super excited to work with them on this project as mental health has become such an important uh, front of mind topic for so many people during quarantine. And as we have really been in a crisis in so many ways and we love BetterHelp because it's basically an online platform where you could find licensed professional therapists. You can start working with them within 24 hours. Um, my therapist I've been working with is really spiritual, which has been a breath of fresh air in the talk therapy community. I know a lot of people, especially if you are more spiritual, you're a little bit adverse to getting into talk therapy because it's very much, I don't know, kind of dry. And I have learned that BetterHelp really has someone for everyone. Yeah, the way they match people up is really, really easy and effective. But one thing I thought, because I, I was curious about this before we started this partnership with BetterHelp, because I knew that therapeutic licenses didn't go across states, mm. um, a straight across state lines. And I was like, how do they figure that out? But they do, they match you with people in your state. Um, so everything is super above board and what I thought was actually this is, I didn't expect this, but it makes it so much easier to schedule when you're in the t- same time zone. Yes. Oh my such, God. A, such a low key thing you wouldn't think about, but it makes life a lot easier. And I actually have done more, um, of, of their chat app than I have actual calls, which I find really nice. Cause you can have these 
dialogues and they'll, and they'll send you things back and you can just kind of like shoot the shit about what's going on. And sometimes it's a lot easier to write things down if you're that kind of person and kind of really sit on their questions and, and come up with real well thought out responses as opposed to having a conversation on the phone. And that's an option for you as well. Yeah, I love that. And mine have been all video calls, which I've appreciated because I really like to see that person. And I've just had a, a really deep connection with my therapist. So we want you guys to know this is extremely affordable. It's around $60 a week and you get uh, one session a week with your counselor. You can message them like Connor was saying at any time. They get back to you really fast. And it's just a really effective, efficient, affordable way to get access to therapy and counselors and help when we really believe it's super important. So in order to get 10% off, because you know we love to give you discounts, you can go to betterhelp.com slash babe. That's betterhelp.com slash babe for 10% off. All right, without further ado, Queen Amy. <laughs> Hang on a second. Damn it. <laughs> Wait, what did I do wrong? <laughs> okay, I'm going to show you. Push that button. Okay. But you got to do it before you quit talking. Oh. And you got to fade it in like this right here. Okay, enjoy, so I'm going to do enjoy, without, enjoy can I do without further ado again? Or can we just leave all of Let's this Let's just do this. There? This is good. Oh this, my is, God. this is real stuff right oh. here. Enjoy the show with Amy, everybody. <laughs> Everyone is partial to their people, but I'm like, no, actually, I have the best fucking people on the internet, like really ever, do. ever, ever. Not yeah. to brag, but yeah, I yeah. think you do. Yeah, <laughs> I've read your YouTube comments back when I first came across you, and they were pretty nice, actually, very supportive. Oh, I haven't. I mean, I haven't looked at a YouTube comment section in a I, the, long com time. the comment section on YouTube is the darkest place on earth, and I really like to just get in there, just get in there and see what's happening. It's a. Brutal. I don't understand how these aggressive comment sections like. Why does no one know how to spell? Oh, right? <laughs> it's because they're like furiously typing. They miss a lot of letters and words. Yeah. It's all the feelings yes. behind it. Someone said they were craying for me instead of praying for me. <laughs> and I told them I was, I was, exactly. I was craying for them too. <laughs> how kind. See, I would interpret that as I'm crying for you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Well, just, like me also, too. It is an interesting <laughs> interpretation. Yeah. Blue hair. How you doing, boo? I'm really good. I've had, um, I've had an interesting day. I've had a couple of hiccupy things today, which is almost like exciting because life has just been so like groundhog day esque that like having hiccups, I'm like, awesome. Yes. Love it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you were in the mountains yesterday. How was that? Beautiful. Yeah. I really like, I'm just craving all like the sunlight and nature and birds. It's like, so springtime in Colorado. Cause I haven't experienced it before. It's yeah. just like so delicious. Yeah, it's ridiculous here. I've gone over three days without being in the mountains and I'm, uh, I'm jonesing pretty hard. Yeah. I was point. wondering about that. Yeah. I was planning it today. Friday, Friday I'm leaving at 4am. So, Oh, good to know. Okay. <laughs> now, you know, Bye. <laughs> you can plan for that. Yeah. I get excited. Speaking of things needing to be different. I'm like, Hmm. Okay. When are you leaving again? <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's been nice though. Yes. Um, so aim what I wanted to get into with you today, because when you were on my show last time and we talked, it was a lot of dating and, and a lot of that kind of stuff. And since mm -hmm. then, as you and I have gotten to know each other more, we've really gotten into this spirituality aspect of things and the holistic person. And I know you've been shifting and talking a lot about that online. And I think this really 
the quarantine and, and the current state of things really lends itself to that transition, which I think is really beautiful because we have that inward ability to go within ourselves and a chance to pause and reflect. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's so much that has come up for so many people, you, me, Connor, and everyone on this call. So really what has resonated with me about you and the way you approach things is the levity that you bring to situations and Mm -hmm. the light and the love and the fun and the laughter. And that's something Mm -hmm. that attracted me to Connor. And so I understand why I appreciate that so much about you, but I'm just curious how you have been able to bring that, which is so innately who you are into this and what that's done for you. Mm -hmm. Into like this period of like isolation and quarantine and whatnot. I mean, I don't know that it's like a conscious, like, how can I crack a joke about today? Do you know what I mean? Like, how can I like try and make today more livable by like laughing at it? Um, Something that always really helps me in any moment that just sucks, you know, which like, this has just sucked. Like, that's the thing, as much as I can like have this larger view and look at it from this grander perspective of like, what opportunities are available to us here and how can we make the most of this? And like, oh yeah, like let's read books and meditate and blah, blah, blah. It also just sucks on so many levels, you know, and like, and I'm not even really that affected by all of it. And I've been annoyed. So, you know, having clients and people in my community who are like, uh, healthcare workers or, you know, like essential workers whose lives are really being upended and they're experiencing this threat a lot more. It's been helpful to me to be able to hang out in the space of like, we don't have to make the most of this and we don't have to be like positive and glass half fully about it all the time. If that's not available or not what we want. But even in like my darkest moments, this experience aside, there's always this awareness that I have of this larger, more powerful, omnipotent, creative being part of me, the God part of me that I think we all are extensions of who knows that I am actually always fine. Always, 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 always fine even when shit's hitting the fan, even when stuff is miserable, even when I'm in pain, even when I'm like, I would never consciously sign up for this ride on planet (laughs) earth. There is this larger awareness that I have that I'm, that everything is always fine and that I'm always fine in like the eternal sense. And when I can look at it that way, like the metaphor and the analogy I use a lot is like when I, I grew up playing super Nintendo, right. And like me and my sister were really obsessed. I was more into Donkey Kong, but she was more into Zelda. <laughs> but I think Zelda lends itself better <laughs> to this metaphor because Zelda's like is like you're this little character Link who's like going on a quest, right? And when fucked up stuff happens to Link in the video game, you know, like like he gets robbed or something. That was like always something that happened. <laughs> Somebody would come out of the bushes and rob him, and you'd lose like your magical crystal or whatever. There was the, the knowing not little avatar version of me who's outside the video game isn't like, oh no, Link lost his magical crystal. Like the quest is doomed. Everything's fucked. I was like, oh, like didn't see that coming. But that's also part of why I play the video game is because like, I want to see fucked up shit happen to this little digital version of me. And my belief system is that my soul who knows that everything's fine, who is an eternal being who's down for the ride 
is like, look at that fucked up shit happening to Amy on like the, the vid- in the video game of life. Like, look at the weird stuff that she's having to go through. Like, that's fun and interesting and cool and different than what I go through in my like non-physical reality of like eternal oneness or whatever. I don't know what it's like there because I haven't been. But, you know, I think it's really helpful when we find ourselves in circumstances and situations where we're so bogged down in our humanness and how horrible everything feels to be able to own that reality while also having this awareness of this larger reality and not denying either one and not feeling like we have to pick and choose either one. Like this can suck. And also I can kind of laugh at it or acknowledge like the, the frustration or the futility of it. Mm. Do you ever get to a place trying to think of how to ask this? I've never like verbalized this thought before. Do you ever get to a place where you're kind of teeter tottering between both your, your human experience in this ego and the soul experience, which is so light and so clear. Do you ever find yourself where one moment you're here and one moment you're here and you notice the difference and you're able Mm -hmm. to pinpoint and have that awareness for yourself? Mm -hmm. What does that feel like for you? It feels kind of like different Instagram filters, (laughs) you know, this is why I fucking love her so much. (laughs) The shit you come up with. (laughs) But you know what I mean? Like I could be shooting a clip on Instagram or whatever. And then I put a different filter over it and suddenly it looks a little different. And I'm not like, which filter is the truth? Like which filter is the realest filter? It's just like, oh, I can look through this experience through these different lenses you know, and I can look at it through this lens of very like egoic or self-centered or feeling really in the grip of fear or anxious or stressed or whatever. And then I can also shift it out and there can be this different filter that's like, Ooh, but if I was looking at it from this perspective, or if I zoomed out and looked at the larger picture of my life or recalled all of the times in the past where I felt really helpless, but I can see now I wasn't really helpless, you know, like whatever it might be suddenly like that moment will look different to me. And I think that the practice, I think any good spiritual practice or any practice that's worth investing in is just one that makes it easier for you to swap out those lenses where it isn't like, Ooh, Connor go. No, No, I think, you know, not to go down the rabbit hole of, of the true limits of free will, but it's important to acknowledge that life experience gave you an Instagram filter to see the world through. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the benefits of expansion or understanding or mindfulness or consciousness, whatever you want to call it, is that you're like, Oh, well there's other ones. Yeah. So I can like flip through those. Yeah. yeah, and, yeah. And because I think the, the, the real trap of, of closed mindedness in a lot of ways is like, Oh, this is my, my Instagram filter. Sophia the only- is the, is the right filter. Yeah. 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 Like this is the right filter to see the world through. And he goes, well, well, no, you can like flip through it. But some of them are, you know, Alex Jones filter, which is crazy. Right. And yeah. a little bit out there, but kind of right yeah. about some things, but then yeah. it's like, you keep cruising through and, and you get to see, Oh, well, now I have a more well-rounded perspective of which filter is appropriate for which time in my yeah. life. Yeah. But I love that analogy. Yeah. And like, and which one is going to serve me in this moment? You know, because like there's times where all I want to do is, is be like a whiny bitch about stuff. Like, you know, and that's going to be like the most empowered choice I can make in that moment is like to submit to the whiny bitch part of me who doesn't want to see anything is better and doesn't want to, you know, like get Zen or work on it. Like who just wants to have a meltdown 
and this is why I'm grateful to be part of your close friends. Because you get to see so much of it. But right, like that's the thing is that like sometimes that's the most appropriate response you can have to a situation. And I think that something that is like a mistake of a lot of personal development, just like teachings and ideologies is like dismisses, dismissive of that. But that's so much of like what we experience, <laughs> you know? So like, how can we not make room for that or see value in that or find the levity in that and be willing to include that. Yeah. I love that. And I think something that I was talking to Connor about earlier was something that's really been bothering me in this time is that I feel we're so influenced by everyone around us. And so we're not holding space for ourselves. We feel like, Oh, she's doing this thing or she's coping this way, or she's acting this way. And so we feel this pressure to be like her rather Mm -hmm. than really getting quiet with ourselves. And it's like, do I need to have a tantrum right now? Like Mm -hmm. she's in her pajamas watching Netflix. I need to have a tantrum. Then I need to go cry and just honoring ourselves. I think that's such an important distinction to make because especially in a world of social media where so many of us are on our phones even more now, Mm -hmm. we're getting caught in this trap of following the pack and following the noise. And I'm curious your perspective on how you can honor yourself, even when that looks like the bitchy moments where you're complaining, but that's your truth. That's your experience to have. It has nothing to do with the noise and the influence of others on how you're operating and choosing yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I think you're speaking a little bit to like the, I think this like emerging paradigm of individuality. And when I say emerging, I really mean like for the past, probably I would say like I don't know, anthropologically, like when did we become more concerned with ourselves in the whole, right? Like, so I think that there is this sort of like obsession with the self right now that does that everyone is sort of wanting to be like, well, what is my truth and what is my authentic expression and what is my, but I also can see and completely understand why we are like doing the comparison thing, especially right now Mm -hmm. where like things are so uncertain and weird, like, like wanting to look for clues or cues from others about like, well, how should I be showing up right now? Or like, what is the best way for me to be doing things? I think, so I just always like to kind of just say that to be like, if that's happening for people, or if you're finding yourself doing that to just like understand that that makes sense. Cause we're pack animals and like when we're existing in isolation like this, it's actually very unnatural to our like biology. So if the only reference I have outside of myself is like, what are the 100 people that I follow on Instagram doing, then that might be my pack right now. And I might find myself feeling called to assimilate based on what I'm seeing there and that that's kind of normal and okay. I know for me, and this is like such a, I think that, I hope that this answers your question. It's such like a simple blase answer, but like, I just journal like a motherfucker. Like when I don't know where I'm at or what I'm really feeling or what's really going on with me, I just stream of consciousness journal. Like do not let my pen take, go off the page. And then I can like, look at that and be like, Oh, that's what's happening with me today. You know, like, Oh, that's what I'm feeling. You know, I remember, um, a couple of weeks ago, I was journaling in the morning. And the only thing I kept saying over and over again was like, I'm so tired. Like, I'm just so tired. Like, I'm just really exhausted. I wish I could sleep for a week. I just want to like hibernate like a bear in the woods. You know, like, I just don't want to have to think about anything or deal with anything or show up today. And having that self-knowledge was really useful to me when I see a lot of people, you know, who a lot of 
people who are talking about like the importance of taking advantage of this time and being like, learn a language, start the business, get a six pack, you know, like all of this stuff. And me being like, that's a great idea, but not for me today because I'm really tired, you know? So like my energy is limited or I don't have the availability for that. So maybe the best option for me today is to like sleep extra or have a PJ day as soon as my work is done, you know? So I think having some type of practice, like a daily practice that feels like it connects you with yourself in a way where you can kind of just be unfiltered. Um, I think journaling is just one of the simplest ways to do that, especially if you are alone right now, like I'm isolating independently. Right. So I don't have anybody to kind of like reflect back to. I mean, I can do like zoom calls and things, but it's not the same, but even then it's tricky. Cause like you can lie to yourself in your journal too, you know, like, so, um, you have to be really honest with yourself or be willing to get really honest about like, what are my needs today? What am I really feeling today? You know, what's my reality look like right now? And how do I respond to that? I like that. I think the comparison thing, it gets like so many things, right? We love to throw them in a camp of good, bad. This is good. Yeah, this yeah, is bad. Yeah. And the comparison thing, if you think about it evolutionarily, it makes a ton of sense. Like if you're out yeah. fishing with your, with your homies, with your tribe and, and your boy down two people over is like catching all the fish and be like, well, what, what, what the hell are you it? doing different? And he's yeah, like, Oh, yeah, I'm using yeah, this yeah. thing. And he's like, Oh great. Like I'm going to use that thing now, which makes sense. Like it, the, the drive is there. It's not the trick when it was social media is that you come into it and it's to use the fish analogy. People are just pretending to catch fish. Yeah, <laughs> right? It's yeah. like somebody's selling yeah. you the idea that they're doing that, but they're not actually doing it. Well, so I think it's, it's, it's also, a genuine, genuine piece of it. That's really important. There's like 3 million people catching fish at any <laughs> given moment, you know, yeah, as right. opposed to like, if I was just in my little village or whatever, where there's like 120 of us, yeah. <laughs> there's only so many guys that I can be like, what are your fishing tips? But you know, the internet's like widened that population so much where we can, what you can find anything you can Mm -hmm. find like any version of like, how should I be living life? There's going to be so many different examples for that. Um, and that's crazy making Mm -hmm. (laughs) to try and like filter through all of that. Aim, I'm curious, you, you mentioned, you know, you can lie in your journal. And I think this is something where a lot of us get caught up, especially early on in journaling or asking ourselves harder questions Mm -hmm. is trusting ourselves in what's pouring out of us Mm -hmm. and being willing to look at the hard stuff when you're Mm -hmm. in those moments and you look down and you're like, Oh, do I want to go there today? Mm -hmm. (laughs) How do you get yourself past that boundary and know that you are safe to do that and see that for yourself? Yeah. Well, this was something that I really don't feel like I mastered and I haven't mastered it actually at all, but like something that became, I became a lot more aware of was actually through somatic therapy, um, which is like doing, uh, for anyone who's just unfamiliar, it's, it's like all sensory awareness and like going into your body for, and like nervous system regulation. And something that I learned from my therapist that was really eye-opening to me is there would be topics or things that would come up where I would sense myself being like, I don't know that I want to go there today. And I would have a self-judgment of that boundary within myself. And I would even be able to vocalize that to her and be like, oh, and I can feel myself being like, well, you should just be able to go there. Like just dive in, you know, just, and she really helped me see that she's like, if you have a fear, or if there's something that's like tender or scary to you to kind of tread upon in your experience, that's actually really worth getting curious about and honoring and noticing versus just stampeding, you know, and there's so much rhetoric and messaging around, like just, you know, smash fears and just like do it anyway. And, and I think there's a time and a place for that. And I also think there's such a time and a place to really be respectful of those internal cues and recognize 
and actually ask yourself, like, is this the time for me to look at this? Um, and I really love understanding this was a new thing for me too. the, the difference between avoidance and containment. So avoidance is like a, a habit of just knowing there's something that we need to deal with or look at, but not wanting to deal with or look at it. So we just go, man, nah, not today, man, nah, not today. And nah, not today, you know, just like avoid and push to the side. Containment is the skill that we can develop where we go, Ooh, there's something that I don't want to look at or go into today, but I know that I have to look at it. So when would be a good time for me to look at it, right? Where you're actually creating like a safe container around this hard thing. And this is such a great relational skill too, right? Where it's like topics can come up or, you know, couples can trigger each other and you don't always have to be resolving everything in real time. And sometimes it's not going to be convenient. I don't know what that means. Can you explain that? You're like, right. No. You know, because it's like, oh, we, we have to show up for this podcast recording or, you know, like we have family coming over in 20 minutes. Maybe now isn't the right time to go into this. So containment is this ability to be able to go, clearly this is something that's important because it's uncomfortable or it's scary or it's hard. You know, when would be a good time for me to look at this and, and what do I need in that moment? And figuring out, like, I'll work on this with my clients all the time. We're going like, well, what would help you feel more safe in doing that? And maybe it's as simple as being like, you know, I think I want to have a phone call with a friend, like after I do the journaling on that or something, or, um, I think that, uh, in order for me to do that, I need to know that I don't have anything going on for the rest of the day. And I'm going to be able to just sit in bed and make myself extra cozy and like have my favorite cup of tea and make it really kind of sacred and special. So instead of it just being like, we have to be processing everything all the time. And like, we're bad, we're bad humans. If we don't, it's like, how can I, you know, create a container that actually feels safe for me? And I feel supported in looking at that. We are interrupting this glorious conversation with Amy Young to tell you about our friends over at Ned. Babe, I love CBD. It's so great. It's so Did you great. stress me the fuck out. Whoa, bro. And I have to take, I've basically drink this stuff. <laughs> you just I drink a bottle you, a day. There's like, you, you thought we had the samples they sent us left over? No, I drank them all. It's like I put up with your crazy ass. <laughs> talking oh, about, you talking know, to spirits It's funny because it's true. Yeah, I know. Um, but we really do love Ned. So in all seriousness, the thing that really stood out to both of us about Ned is how much care they take with the plants that they work with. So when I say they take a look, really good care of them. I mean, they're literally energetically infusing all the good vibes with binaural beats and positive affirmations every time they create a product. And it's moving from the soil and the earth and they are not putting anything synthetic in it. It I mean, is it, it, here's clean. the deal. If, if, if parents treated their kids like the people over at Ned treat their plants, we would have zero problems in the world. That's true. That, You'd that, be a lot nicer. Me? Oh, dude, I barely even had parents. I love you, Robin. <laughs> I love you so much. But no, this stuff is this stuff is fantastic. And one thing, you know, they have a lot of CBDs out there with like crazy flavors. And let's just put this out there. I'm putting this out there right now. I'm saying it's definitive. It's confirmed. Taking flavored CBD is essentially vaping. Oh, interesting. You're just you're that big of a nerd. You, I want that. I want that juicy goodness that's straight up from the plant. If I want it doesn't it to be taste slowly like dirt, extracted, and I want it to taste like. I want to be feeling like I'm putting a hemp plant in my mouth. That's the way I, I, can, t- I can taste the quality. I know it's real stuff. 
Yeah. It's like, it's like drinking flavored vodka. Like who does that? Oh my gosh. Come on. I used to. You, if you, if you drink 100% pure agave tequila, this is essentially the same thing in CBD form. Yeah. And you better, better not vibes. be putting shit into that tequila. That is top of the line stuff. Exactly. Don't mess it up. So Connor takes it because I make him anxious and drive him crazy. I have used it a lot for sleep and inflammation during my chronic illness journey. So I highly recommend it for that. I've been using their natural cycles collection for all my PMS bullshit. Um, Thank God. I know it's, I mean, it's helping, but I'm still awful. So I'm really yeah. apologetic for that. You're really the worst. Um, <laughs> we want you guys <laughs> to, uh, Wow. This is the best ad we've ever read ever. Yeah, I know. Uh, we want you guys to get a discount and utilize the best products on the market. We only share companies with you that we wholeheartedly believe in and use ourselves. So you guys can go to helloned.com slash babe or enter babe at checkout for 15% off your first order and free shipping. So that's helloned.com slash what babe? Babe. Babe. Get your menstrual strikes straight. I can't say menstrual cycles very well. Menstrual cycles. <laughs> okay, back to the show. <laughs> I want to ask you about safety. That's been coming up a lot. It's come up a lot for me in the last year. And I've been getting a lot of questions around how do I create safety for myself? How do I feel safe? And so many people feel safe for different, feel unsafe for different reasons. How do you find safety within your own body and your, and curate that in your environment so that you're able to do this work. Mm -hmm. A lot of it has been through the term that I, I learned of how to do it is learning how to resource, right? Especially externally resource, meaning like how to ground myself in whatever's happening presently. Um, that can provide me with a sense of safety or regulation, regardless of what's going on internally. So um, and it's a, and it's a practice, right? Because if we don't feel safe, then that's a cue that something's dysregulated on a nervous system level. And you can't talk yourself into safety. Like you can't, if your nervous system is on alert and activated, then your brain is in a beta wave state. Right. And when your brain is in beta, it's like surveying, it's like looking at what's going wrong. It's like, you know, you can, you're, it's attuning to like your heart rate that's ramping up. It's like, what the fuck is happening? I need to like check that email. I need to call that person back. Uh Oh, like I'm running out of groceries. You know, it's like your, your brain is kind of freaking out and you can't actually regulate your nervous system from that place. So repeating to yourself a mantra, like I am safe, I am safe. Like you might get a little juice out of that, but probably not going to give you a lot. What you actually need to do is be able to send signals and cues to your body to let it actually know that it's safe. So this is why breath work has become so popular. I think is because deep breathing, like taking like three deep breaths will automatically start to regulate your nervous system. Right. Like I will make a point of just like looking around the room and being like, what are three things that I see right now that give me some sense of comfort or safety? And maybe I'm, and maybe it's something like, oh, I see my phone and my phone reminds me that there's people I can call if I really need help. Right. Or I see my couch and, oh, like I can always go like sit on my couch and take a nap if I want to, like my, my couch is a comfy, cozy thing for me or like, Ooh, I see like my faucet, like water, maybe that would be refreshing right now. Like actually tuning into our senses, whether it's visually, whether it's 
you know, you're sitting outside and you're like, oh, I can feel the sunlight on my skin or I can feel the breeze against my back. Tuning into things on a sensory level will actually help us ground in the present moment and help our brains realize, wait a second, there's actually no threat here. Right. Like, but it's, um, it's hard to do by yourself. Mm -hmm. Like self-regulation is a bitch. And that's why for anyone who really is noticing, and I saw this as a pattern in me for, I, well, I didn't see it until it was like, (laughs) became like too impossible to ignore, but realizing like, I really don't feel safe, you know? And, um, anyone who can identify with that, like doing some type of somatic therapy or EMDR therapy is probably going to be awesome. Love that. I was mentioning this earlier in your transition in your work mm-hmm. and you have become known as, I mean, at least to me, like the relationship guru and this, this <laughs> sort of guide for women to stop bullshitting themselves yeah. um, and really step into their own power, their own honest truth for themselves. And it's beautiful to watch where it's led you to this moment where you're now deep diving further. Mm -hmm. And I saw you posting something earlier about just going into the holistic person, the Mm -hmm. whole picture, not just this one aspect of who we are. Mm -hmm. How have you been guided into this moment in this transition of wanting to serve on a bigger level and how that has correlated with your own growth. Yeah. It's such like a generous question. <laughs> I mean, you get to talk about that. I think the, I started getting like the signals and cues that I was going to have to go into different directions when I was working with clients and we would really clean up their relationship stuff and they would start, you know, attracting totally different kinds of partners and getting into more fulfilling, healthy relationships. But I would see this trend where it's like whatever their tendencies and habits and anxieties and stressors were that they fixated on their love lives. Suddenly they would just get translated to, uh Oh, but like, I still need to lose 10 pounds or like, I'm still not satisfied with my job and I need to make more money or like my biological clock is ticking and I'm really freaked out that I'm not going to be. So it was like, you know, I say a lot of the time, our programming, like, and when I say programming, I mean, just like the, our coping mechanisms and how we learn to just like deal with life and whether it manifests as codependency or wanting to avoid hard things or, you know, addictive patterns and stuff. It's kind of like whack-a-mole, you know, in that like, it'll pop up in one area of your life. And then you can come and work with me and we'll be like, well, let's like whack that little mole down in your love life. It's just going to pop up somewhere else. And that was really frustrating me as a coach because I was like, I don't, it just doesn't feel right to me. Like there's gotta be a better way other than just like, let's look at all the different moving pieces of your life and just like clean them up one by one, you know? So I started looking at sort of like what was underneath all of that, like what was creating those like patterns and programming and, and problems for the women that I was working with. And I started seeing certain trends, whether it was that like they really didn't trust themselves and they really didn't feel safe in the world and they really didn't feel valuable or worthy. And those are just a few examples, but when those problems are present, they will just translate into all these different areas, you know, but like, those are the core issues that we're really looking to resolve. Not just like, well, let me get the promotion and then I'll feel like I'm enough or let me marry the guy and then I'll feel like I'm enough. Yeah, it's like, a, it's like um, a, a, a transference of insecurity. 
Yeah. So like the next like, like dating is so interesting and it's such a great gateway because it's the, it's generally the lowest hanging fruit. Like if you mm-hmm. if you need if you have some kind of insecurity that needs to manifest, like that's an easy place It'll to show do up it. There. Totally. <laughs> it's like oh, what's the next thing? Money. What's the next yeah. thing? Your body. Your, you know, it's like those are the the in that kind of the thing. It's like your physical body, your relationships, and um, your finances are a great ways to to project that. And Alan Watts talks about this in, in his book, uh, The Wins- Wisdom of Insecurity. Mm-hmm. And Socrates actually had a similar kind of philosophy. I mean, of one of his many, uh, but um, <laughs> it was just, it's this, this really grounded comfort and not needing to have everything figured out. Yeah. And it, uh, almost of, of like the quirks of consciousness, right? Like the stuff we're yeah. talking about is, I guess we like kind of criticize it in a way, but at the same time, it's just human stuff. That's what Paul mm-hmm. Selig says to what we was doing a reading for all of us. And, and it was really cool. He's like, this is just, this same may seem like we're being like really hyper-focused on things that are wrong, but this is just human shit. It's just mm-hmm. part of the thing. This is part of the game. Yeah. And that, that, that wisdom of insecurity is just knowing that it's going to be there and that you're not going to have every, everything figured out and you don't necessarily Ever. need to. And it's, oh, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Amy, for me, like what I teach on, what keeps coming up for me, my evolution of my show has been directly aligned with my own growth. Mm-hmm. So everything I want to talk about, whether it's insecurity or spirituality or sexuality, it's all come from my own realizations about myself. I'm curious what you have gone through in your own growth in those areas that mm-hmm. brought this up for you at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think last year was such a transformative year for me because in the first half of the year, especially I could look at my life externally and go, I've checked every box. Do you know what I mean? Like I've accomplished everything that I wanted to accomplish. And, and I've landed in that place a couple of times in my life where it was like, Oh, I finally got the thing that I was fighting for. Or I finally like, yeah, like achieved something or got to this place where that imaginary place that I had imagined, like once I'm in that spot, then I won't feel like empty or sad or insecure, lonely or confused or whatever. And I found myself in that place of like, I've checked every box I've achieved it all. And very rapidly, a lot of it started to like come crumbling down. And I started realizing that even though externally, a lot of stuff looked really great, there was a lot of stuff that I was actually like really unhappy with and really dissatisfied about. And I was like, okay, I can do the thing where I'm like, Oh, like my life doesn't look quite right. You know, like, or there's still a couple things I need to tinker with. So let me make all of those changes. Like I can keep chasing that rabbit down that rabbit hole. I love this metaphor of like, I one time heard a, a woman talk about this is like, you know, it's like focusing on moving the deck furniture around, like when the Titanic is thinking, <laughs> you know, so like great. it's like I can just rearrange the deck furniture again, you know, and it won't change the fact that like the Titanic is sinking or like aspects of my life are imploding or things are clearly like not okay in some areas. I have to like really look at that. So I think it was this like level of fed upness that I achieved with myself and really feeling like, oh my God, I'm finding myself in this place again. Right. Which I think is always as much as like we hate those moments. Those are really powerful moments when we're like, I thought I already figured this one out. (laughs) The most annoying. (laughs) And then realizing you don't and, and having to be like, okay, so what now? So am I just going to keep doing the thing again, the same way? Or am I really going to make some changes? And a lot of it too happened. You know, the other thing that I think is important is like a lot of it was unconscious. Like a lot of it was not me consciously choosing things. 
a lot of it was like me being led in certain directions and meeting certain people and, you know, like connecting with an unexpected mentor or someone who opened my eyes in some way or getting into a new relationship. You know, like there's these things that happen without me really trying to be like, okay, so how am I going to fix all of this? I had to like surrender a lot. And in doing that, uh, different opportunities and situations and, and new stuff was presented to me that led me in these cool directions too. So, you know, I don't think we always have to be like, I don't think it's possible to be like at the helm of the ship all the time being like, I know where I'm going and I know how to do this. Like, yeah. Just, it's letting it flow in and out for sure. We're getting yeah. a couple of questions I want to get to for sure. Um, so the first one, I have deep wounds from my childhood and first boyfriend having a hard time discovering exactly what it was, or if it was specific moments in time, how to work with your wounds while dating slash working on myself. That's such a great, great question. Well, first of all, my first response is just like, welcome to the club. <laughs> like, um, I don't know anyone. And, and I don't say that flippantly, you know, in that I don't know what those specific wounds are or what they look like for this person, but I don't know a human being alive who doesn't have like where relationships are concerned, some like deep scarring. Right. And like, some serious shame. So in terms of like how to start navigating those things, I always say by kind of first, just like reflect on what you know so far about yourself, like be willing to do a little bit of excavation around like, what are my patterns, right? Like before you even go into necessarily like, you know, did I learn that from my mom or did I learn that from my dad? Or how did that boyfriend mess me up in some way? Really clarify for yourself, like what what is it that I tend to, uh, what are the relationships or the situations I tend to find myself in over and over and over again? And like, what is it about that dynamic or those circumstances that are familiar to me in some way? You know, like what a big pattern that I uncovered in myself was that I would find myself in these relationships that were what's called like a one up, one down dynamic, right? Where it's like one partner sees themselves as sort of, typically like more like superior or knowing the other partner sees themselves as kind of like more inferior. And no matter what, whether it was like, I was the one up or I was the one down, I would find myself in these relationships where it was like, we're just not on equal footing. Like, I don't see this person as an equal. I don't see myself as being on their level. I don't see them as being on my level, you know, and it didn't matter what it looked like. Like that was always true for me. And from that place, once you can isolate a pattern like that, then you can sort of look at like, where, where would I have learned that from? You know, like where, what are the examples in my life of maybe where I saw that? And maybe it was an early relationship or maybe it was the model of my parents' relationship, you know, but like starting to just kind of like tie some of those loose ends together, recommend as much as possible doing that, like with a therapist or a coach, just because I think it's really fucking hard to do it by yourself. I think a couple other great books for that would be Deeper Dating by Ken Page and Leaving the Enchanted Forest by Susan Covington. Like those would be two awesome recommendations for anyone who wants to do some kind of like excavation. And then in terms of like dating and also tending to yourself, again, like I'm so big on it's, I call it just like exploring the alternative, which is like looking at the here and now and going, okay, what do I like typically do when I date? right? Like I'll use the example of, I work with a lot of women who will just like dive head first, like into a new connection and be like instant commitment, right? Like I'm into you, you're into me, we're doing this. And if that's something that you notice yourself doing repeatedly and you don't like the results that it tends to produce, 
that it might be worthwhile to go, you know, maybe a way that I can kind of challenge myself and help myself grow would be to intentionally slow down or pace myself. Right. Or if you're the opposite and you're like, I'm allergic to commitment. I'm always dating around. I can't, I can only do casual then be like, okay, then maybe it's a time for me me to really kind of put my feet to the fire and be like, I want to look for something that's a little more substantial. So like stretching yourself and, and pushing those edges is automatically going to provide really amazing growth for you in terms of you as an individual. Um, and then also challenge you relationally because anytime that we're wanting to be intentional in a process, I'm going to have to hold myself to new standards and probably communicate those standards and, you know, make sure that I'm being really clear and intentional with anyone I'm getting involved in. And like, those are relational skills that we all can be developing. Do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I think, I mean, Amy pretty much nailed it, but I think there's one thing too, that we, since it does, like we were just talking about it, like your insecurities get bogged down and, and whatever that thing is for you. And just really respecting the progress you've made. And like, what did you learn? Like, especially if you had an early oh, on pretty shitty relationship, it's like, hey, you know, like how far have you come? Right. Like, let's just put it into context because you may have this like thing you're chasing of where you want to be or where you think you should be. But there is something to be said for looking like even journaling this out. Like how far, how far have I come and what am I doing different? Like mm-hmm. what have I changed? I love that. So, and like celebrating like the micro wins. Yeah. Right. Like, like totally giving yourself credit for like, any and all like if you're following, you know, like our accounts on Instagram or, you know, like Mark Groves or Vienna Farron or, you know, like the holistic psychologist or anyone, it's like, clearly you're making efforts to want to like heal and improve and like break those patterns and stuff. And like that alone is worth celebrating and being really proud of. Absolutely. Um, so I love that point. Yeah. And that makes me think, um, our somatic therapist, Heike said this to me a couple weeks ago, and it was in regards to moments when I feel frustrated with Connor, but also moments when I'm frustrated with myself, she says, you focus so much on what he's not doing or what you're not doing. Mm-hmm. And you don't focus on what you are doing and what mm-hmm. is feeling good for you and what, where the ways he is showing up. And I think we're so hard on ourselves so often and it's never enough. And I have to do this thing and it has to look this way and I need to achieve it like this. And it's really showing yourself grace. And if it's with your partner as well and knowing, wow, look at the way they are showing up. Look at the things that they did learn from their last relationship that I know about and the effort they're putting in that they didn't used to do and how incredible that is. And I think that's been one of the most important lessons for me. Yeah, I love that. That's just true. I mean, that's the, one of the crappy things is like, we are wired with this negativity bias, right? Yeah. We're like, we are always kind of scanning and looking for like, what's not working. Like, <laughs> you know, like what can I improve? Like what's pissing me off today? What's bothering me? Um, and there's just as much stuff available to us. That's work, if not way more, that's like working really, really well, but we do have to train ourselves to actively look <laughs> for that stuff. I love um, that. Um, so yeah. all right, let's get to this other question. How do you let go of caring what others might think of you choices or boundaries you make? Also, how do you know the difference between setting a boundary versus being a duck or self-centered being a dick. Oh, I'm like, <laughs> you know, I'm like, what did I, duck. what did I miss? Maybe how this is one of Amy's words. How do you know if you're becoming a duck <laughs> like, um, look for the feather? Quit um, taking so much LSD. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, I love this question because, uh, again, kind of going back to what we were saying in the beginning, it makes sense that we would care what other people think. To, you know, in the sense that like we are 
we are pack animals and we're wired for connection. And we all want the sense of like love and belonging and safety. Like you're never going to turn that off. And that instinct to care about what others think off, like to the extent to where you self-sacrifice or self-abandon or, you know, are constantly people pleasing. It's just kind of like that instinct is probably on overdrive in your life. So I don't know that it's um, specifically about like, okay, how do I get rid of that completely? Or how do I stop caring completely? But I would start clarifying and getting specific about like, where is that getting in your way? You know, like, and get really specific with yourself. Like if it's something like I, um, I'll use the example. Cause you know, I see this come up with like some of the women that I work with who are building businesses or coaches where they're like, I want to share more of my real self online. Right. Or I want to, um, position myself in this way where like, I, you know, I, I want to be a coach or I want to be, um, like creating a brand or a platform myself. And they're terrified of what like their close circle will think and how they'll respond. If you feel like you are being authentically called to, to do something that will like fuel you and fulfill you and make your life better. And the thing that's getting in the way of that is like, but how will it be received by others? Then you need to understand that like, anyone whose opinion ought to matter in your life will want you to be a fueled, fulfilled, happy version of yourself. Right. And when we're worried or we're caring about like how it's going to be received or what someone else is going to think, the reality is like those people's opinions, like while it's fine for us to have them in our lives, or we can have relationships with those people, those are not necessarily people that we should be taking cues up from in terms of like how we want to live or what we want to do. There's a very short list of people that like, I actually care what they think, do you know, like in terms of like, and I always ask myself, do I like respect this person? Do I admire this person? Do I feel like they, they, and I have like similar values. Would I trade lives with this person? And if the answers are no to that, then like, fuck letting that person have any jurisdiction over my life because we're in two completely different lanes going in two completely different directions. And I just wanted to look at the second half. How do you know the difference between setting a battery versus being a dick? So um, the purpose of healthy boundaries is actually to like increase connection with people, right? Um, Because boundaries let people know, like I love the quote from Mark Groves, right? Where he's like, uh, what is it? Fuck, I say it all the time. I can't remember it. What is it? Like, it's like, something about like, you know, we, we can put up walls to keep connection out and then boundaries show people where the door is. Yeah. My girl Ashley, show the door. Show the door. <laughs> yeah. Boundaries show people where the door is, where it's like, Hey, this is like how you can love me. This is how you can support me. This is how you can be in my life. This is how I need us to be able to show up together so that this relationship can thrive. Right. So it's actually boundaries are something that we exercise for the health of the relationship. Right. Yeah. When things are getting self-centered or dickish, I would say is if it feels like your boundaries are actually getting in the way of, of connection, right? Meaning, and like the kind of connections that you want to be building with people. And I would say like across the board, like if you just find yourself being really rigid or really fixed or completely inflexible about the boundaries that you're setting, then those might not be boundaries. Those might be more like walls or attempts to just like keep people out which also like sometimes you need, like when you're going through a period of like a huge growth or transformation, sometimes we need to like isolate and take a break from certain people. And that's okay too. 
but at least most of the women that I work with, I shove them hard in the start setting boundaries direction because like I work with people who are typically like highly codependent people, pleasy, super like empathetic, compassionate. And your their definition of like, what is being a dick is like any other human <laughs> beings, like normal, <laughs> appropriate requests. Yeah. And a lot of times you know? it's easier to pull them back than it is to put them up in the first place. Totally. Like, and that's the thing is you, it's a moving target too. Like you can always set a boundary and then also be like, you know, I realized actually that like, that that's not going to work for me or like I take it back or it's okay. Like you can adjust things. Nothing is final. Yeah. I think that one thing you really highlighted highlighted there is, is how important it is to have high quality discernment, especially when it's from the opinions of other people. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause you may know, right. If I ask you a question about a thing, especially if it's content related, I'm gonna take a lot of stock in like what you have to say about it. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't even mean it's necessarily like, right. The right thing. It's just, totally. it's, just something, it's something worth considering versus yeah. you, 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 you can take, take kind of stock of the people that are around you and not that everybody not everybody in your community or your friend group needs to be a type of person who you're going to take advice from. Like mm-hmm. some people are there for other reasons and mm-hmm. you may know your friend Jill is like kind of a twat and she just is kind of a naysayer about most things, which probably mm-hmm. makes her kind of funny. She probably is like makes fun of everybody, but she doesn't have anything positive to say. So you just don't really need to like do that with her. It's just discernment. Mm-hmm. And I, on the topic of being a dick, Mark <laughs> Manson, which I have no problem with uh, Mark Manson uh, wrote an article about being an ethical asshole. Mm, and I thought mm-hmm. that was really, really important because mm-hmm. it, it, again, if you have, if you, if you are so unfamiliar with boundaries that you think that any uh, assertion of yourself is, is dickish, then you need to kind of reset the bar for what it means to be a dick Yeah, and then actually be a dick and like, see what it feels like. It's not that bad. <laughs> well, and I, that for me, that brings up this idea that I've been talking about recently is most people don't have boundaries. They don't understand boundaries. And most of us are not taught boundaries as children. So it is such a beautiful gift to give to someone when you can set a boundary and show them how to do it for themselves. And you don't even need to verbally say, this is my boundary. And this is how I got to this point. It's like, this is how I respect myself. And people will often learn how to respect you if you do that for yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think we're taught as children that it's selfish to speak up for ourselves or to choose Mm -hmm. ourselves. And our parents don't teach us how to create those boundaries. So then they will tell us, oh, you're so selfish and what's wrong with you? And why do you act like that? Well, now as an adult, you can reflect back and look at, was I being selfish or was Mm -hmm. I just creating boundaries for myself where I energetically needed to have this up around me because this is what made me feel safe and made Mm -hmm. me feel good regardless of if it disappointed someone or made them uncomfortable because Mm -hmm. it's not our job to make them comfortable and it's not our job to people please them at our own expense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I love my favorite. Well, I have two favorite definitions for boundaries, but I'll quote Mark Manson on this one, which is healthy boundaries are taking responsibility for your own actions and emotions while not taking responsibility for the actions and emotions of others. Mm. So you kind of can't set a boundary and simultaneously try to manage someone else's experience. Like that's Mm. not setting a boundary. And that doesn't mean, yeah, that like you have to like throw down a gauntlet or something either. Like you can say, you know, like I'm realizing that I have to make this change and I'm scared about like how it's going to be received by you. Or like, this is really uncomfortable for me, but I have to bring it up because if I don't, like it's just going to continue to eat away at me. Like you can be really transparent and vulnerable that it's hard for you that you care about this person's opinion or you don't want them to feel rejected or neglected or, you know, shoved aside, whatever the boundary might be. But, but regardless of that, I know this is what I need, or I know that this is the boundary that I have to set. Uh, Something Kelly said about, uh, 
teaching, we don't get taught as children to have boundaries. I'm actually really iffy about teaching kids to have boundaries just in case they're sitting there and you're trying to get them to eat vegetables or something. And they're like, no, that's actually going to be crossing a boundary yeah. for me. <laughs> My boundaries. I'm going to be, I'm going to be like, shut the fuck up. No daddy. <laughs> actually mm, going to my room, going to bed is actually like going to be crossing a boundary for me. Yeah, that's well, Cause that's what I would do if I was a kid. I didn't teach boundaries. Remy boundaries and he's basically he's eaten me alive for the last <laughs> two weeks. So, Oh, Amy, you don't even know. You saw him when he was so cute and adorable and now he's ginormous and he's literally eating me. <laughs> Just farting up a storm everywhere. And he goes. farting all the time. Aim, thank you so much for joining oh us. We love you, you so much. We miss me. you. I, I want to just touch you. 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 No, this was such a blast. I really appreciate the invitation and thank you. Yeah. For everyone who joined and asked questions. Um, thanks for being here. Yes. Thank you to Amy's cult for joining us. <laughs> we appreciate it. The Amy coven. Um, and yeah, we have some more great conversations coming up for the online retreat series. So um, I know you guys are getting all the emails. Stay tuned for those and have an amazing night. We love you. Well, that's the show, everybody. Thank Amy you so much Young. for Amy Young did it. Go find her at amyyoungco.com and at amyyoungco on Instagram. And uh, make sure to check out BetterHelp and Ned CBD. If you do both of those things at the same time, oh my god, you're 100% guaranteed to never have anxiety again ever. I'm Actually, I can't guarantee that. Don't hold me to that. Yeah, I'm not no. a doctor, but it might help. Probably will help substantially. <laughs> so do that. I'm and not going to say anything anymore. All I do is talk over you. Oh, I'm done. Just quit talking over me. It's like, act like a goddamn professional, Kelly. Jesus Christ. Wow. Well, that was fun. Let's just keep talking randomly. What do you have to, what do you have to say? Any super juicy deets before we get out of here? No. I can't. You put me on the spot. I just... All right. Well, thanks, Kelly, for the least entertaining outro of all say, time. I was going to say, I was going to tell them what we did on Friday, but I decided not to. Maybe one day. Yep. Teaser. Okay, bye. Bye. This show is brought to you by Soulfire Productions. 